0: Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at Babbel.com slash BlueWire. That's 60% off at Babbel.com slash BlueWire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash BlueWire. Rules and restrictions apply. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast,
1: your and pitching podcast from pitchless.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today, we're going to talk about the Baltimore Orioles. If you're not familiar with this, I'm reviewing all 30 starting pitching rotations Through the month of January, and I am doing these in at the end of November and December. So keep in mind, free agents and trades and all that kind of stuff are going to change a little bit. But for the most part, the player assessments are what matter most, and those are not going to change for next year. And I'll hint about maybe if guys join teams, all that kind of stuff. But let's talk about the Baltimore Orioles today. Cal Bradish, 117 innings last year, 4.90 ERA. 140 whip, and a 22% K rate with a 9 percent walk rate. However, he did have those moments that got us very excited last year, including his 8.2 shutout game against the Astros. The thing is, in that start, it was completely different than the normal Kyle Bradish. We saw 90, mi- 97 mile per hour heaters. Normally, it's around like 94 to 95. Uh, we saw sliders getting whiffs. We saw a lot more curveballs than we usually do, around 24% usage. Got a 54% chase rate in that game. He also began his journey of using sinkers, Against right-handers a lot. What a journey, right? No, but he started doing that a lot, which is good. Actually, you saw that across a couple guys on the Orioles. I am all for that. I love throwing sinkers, arm side, inside, and uh, you know, I to same armed uh, batters, same-handed batters. That's all good stuff. I don't really think that Calabrash is that guy though. He had that moment, and then wasn't really that the rest of the way. I think his fastball still gets hit too hard with the cut action it has. The slider looks nice. It isn't enough. I don't want to trust Kyle Bradish for next year. Something needs to be new and sticky. He needs to be throwing 97, which is a huge deal with that fastball. Um, he needs to be doing more with the slider. And his curl needs to be more consistent, all that kind of stuff. So I, I don't really want to buy into Kyle Bradish. Uh, if he's having an amazing spring, then maybe we can talk more about it. By 12-teamers, now, And you're going to hear that a lot from pretty much all of these guys on the Orioles. I don't want to chase anyone currently. Hey, if Carlos Rodon is an Oriole, then great. And you know this. The left field is wonderful and helps them out to prevent home runs in left field. Fantastic. That's good. But you got to be like a really good pitcher, too. <laughs> Grayson Rodriguez might be one of them. We were really hoping to see him this past year. Uh, but Grayson Rodriguez got hurt and it delayed the whole thing. I imagine he will be out of camp in Baltimore. I would think they don't have much depth on this team. They have all these younger guys that don't really fit. And Grayson Rodriguez is clearly there to be the ace. He um, could be SP2 if they do get someone like DeGrom or Verlander or somebody. But Grayson Rodriguez throws hard. Great slider. Like, this is the kind of guy. Now, how many innings he's going to get is a different story. At some point, he will be on this team barring injury. It could be out of camp. It could be in June. I, I wouldn't expect more than like 130 innings. So if he is out of camp, then there's going to be some plan midway through. Keep that in mind. I love throwing a dart on Grayson at the end of drafts, and then keep an eye on him in the spring if he's looking great. Like, yeah, shoot him up your draft board. Just don't go too far where you are picking Grayson Rodriguez over like George Kirby or something like that. Because at the end of the day, you're not going to get 160 innings out of this. You're going to get like 120, 130, which is still really good. And we don't know how... Good, the quality is quite yet. George Kirby's going to help your team. We don't know how much Grayson Rodriguez is quite yet, but yeah, fifteenth round, sixteenth round, sure. What the heck, Grayson Rodriguez? Only if he's killing it in the spring and doing well. Okay, Tyler Wells had a moment last year, four twenty-five ERA, but one fourteen whip. Hey, hundred three innings, that's not so bad. Eighteen percent strikeout rate. uh the changeup can be good. Thirty-two percent CSW is really nice. Uh, Earns lots of strikes, but the slider doesn't miss bats. Four-seamer gets absolutely demolished, 44% hard contact rate. Yeah, Tyler Wells is not what you want to be going after. Dean Kramer had some moments. I mean, 323 ERA over 125 innings is nothing bad here, but a 125 whip is. In this day and age, 125 whip brings down your team. Only a 17% K rate. Uh, His final 62 frames actually had a 276 ERA and only a 15% strikeout rate. They included that um shutout against the Houston Astros. Um he uh introduced a sinker like Bradish did. I I watched some more Dean Kramer. I just don't think that the four seamer and the cutter are enough. That's a one two punch that is pretty basic (laughs) and uh sometimes the change shows up i mean he had four whiffs in a game with the changeup and it was cool great but that's not a real thing to rely on against lefties the curveball sometimes is there i i something needs to be different and i'm not ready to say that that will be different do not expect a 3-2-3 era from dean kramer next year this guy's a toby at best Um, austin voth had moments you know so did spencer watkins Both of these guys are just not doing enough. Both have whips over 140 for the year. 140 for Voth, 141 for Watkins. An ERA of 434 for Voth, and Watkins was 470. Voth had an interesting run um, beginning on July 31st. Uh, There was about 51 innings of a 245 ERA, 111 whip, and a 21% strikeout rate it's just not, it was smoke and mirrors. 86% left them base rate at that time, sub-10% home run fly ball rate. There was nothing in his repertoire that was especially good at that time. I think he got away with stuff. His, his fastball maybe got some swing strike here and there. His slider has a 16% rate. It, it's just all meh. None of his pitches have a 30% CSW, Austin Voth. Like, something needs to truly unlock here. And it's, it's, it's a theme of a lot of, mediocre pitchers is something has to change you're not going to find a deep pitcher in your drafts that is actually really good and oh we just don't know it yet no they aren't good but do they have the potential to be better and it's really just about what needs to change about them the easiest one is opportunity if they're really good and they just don't have opportunity i'm all for that opportunity is a fun thing to chase because the skills are what you're you believe in right But when the skills need to change, which is like Austin Voth and Watkins and Kramer and Wells and Bradish, with all of these, what is it going to be? Is it going to be velocity? Is it going to be throwing more of a certain pitch and throwing it to a better location? Is it a new shape on a pitch? All of those things are huge, huge ifs that are so hard to change and do, right? And it's not as simple as you just need to throw more strikes and a lower walk rate. I mean, that is a big deal, by the way, but... That's an easier one to me than it is something new, which is what all these guys need. And I mean, same thing with Spencer Watkins. The bigger difference, though, and Watkins is worse than Voth because of the seven point drop in strikeout rate. We're talking 20 percent, 21 for Voth, and it's 13, 14 for Watkins. Right. Oh, boy. Uh, 9.4 percent swing strike rate was 164th among all starting pitchers. The top 200 batters faced last year. Yeah, that's really bad. 164th. Jesus. Um, you don't you don't really want to do this uh, with Spencer Watkins. The last two I do want to mention with the Baltimore Orioles. This is a rather quick one, but yeah, there's not much to say about these guys. Avoid them in 12-teamers for the most part. Um, D.L. Hall is interesting. He, I think he's the highest-ranked Oriole on my list right now because he had a 30% K rate, and he had a start, and then they moved into relief, and then the Orioles said, hey, we're going to... Likely stretch him out to be a starter in the spring. Is that going to actually happen? We don't know. But maybe he is. Let's just say he is. D.L. Hall to me looks like a harder throwing Andrew Heaney who walks more batters. (laughs) Like Andrew Heaney has better control. He can just kind of get it near the zone a little bit better than D.L. Hall. But D.L. Hall was sitting 96 with a slider and a change. But do miss bats around 18 to 20% of the time. I mean this was relief. But he's a lefty with a similar arm action. Much more of a sweeping slider because it is lower. Uh, that's kind of interesting, especially if you're throwing in Baltimore, which is uh, the the AL East, the penalty is lowered, and you have that left field fence. So there is some intrigue, especially if D.L. Hall is soaring in the spring, then I will want to throw a dart in him at the end of my draft. Don't get too excited about D.L. Hall, though. I think there's going to be a lot of volatility. 9.4% walk rate is not going to go away, I think, in a flash. So it uh, might be a little bit frustrating to go after. And John Means... Well, John Means got Tommy John and everything stinks, but he could be back by the end of the year. Something to consider. Uh, sometimes we do see guys coming back in like August or so. Might be a September thing. And at that point, we don't really care. You're not drafting John Means. I just want you to be aware that he is something that exists. If you have an open IL spot, what the heck put John Means into the in there and do not hold it if you need the IL spot. Uh, but yeah, it'll be July and everyone's gonna be talking about John Means returning in like a couple of weeks and all those questions. Should I be adding John Means? That kind of thing. Like, I don't know. Uh, changeup is really good. Uh, he was developing a better curveball insider before Tommy John. He was throwing harder in 2020. He got a little bit slower in 2021 and then even slower in 2022. But that was because, of course, you know, Tommy John being necessary as his UCL was torn. So uh, I hope John Means can get playing time this year and really take advantage of that better left field wall. You don't need to drop him, but I'm aware that he exists and now, of course, Kyle Gibson was signed by the Orioles. I know I missed that at the beginning of the podcast. This is what I'm doing with all of these. I recorded these back in uh, December. And any signings that happened, I am updating it in January uh, to make sure that he's not left off. So, Kyle Gibson, 167 innings last year, 10-8 and eight record, 505 ERA, 134 whip, 20% K rate. Uh, he was with the Phillies for a lot of it. And... Uh, this is like the Jordan Lyles replacement from last year. They, the Orioles understand, look, this is not the season that we are really going for it. I kind of wish they did and they spent all the money that they could because they had these really exciting young players and yeah, they just needed maybe one or two major starting pitchers and one more bat and there you go. And they went and got Kyle Gibson. Kyle Gibson. So maybe they're waiting to see how Grayson Rodriguez pans out and DL Hall. And of course, Gunnar Henderson and Adley Rutschman and so on through a full season. But man, it wouldn't be really fun if they went and got one of those big guys. But the guy Kyle Gibson. Now, what should you expect from Gibson this next year? Well, something that I really do want to say is I make fun of Gibson more as like an inconsistent guy that you don't really want to go for. And I totally get that. He's really a Toby for most of the year. However... Second to last start of the year, Kyle Gibson earned a golden goal. If you don't know what that means, every single day during the year when I do the SP roundup, going over every single pitcher from the night before, if they have the highest CSW total and the most amount of whiffs of any pitcher, that means you have a golden goal for the night. Kyle Gibson earned that. He had 25 whiffs in his penultimate start of the year. And what happened, he's got 11 out of 28 whiffs on his slider, because he changed it into a sweeper. If you listen on the corner, Fast was talking about this when the Orioles originally signed Kyle Gibson. And it appeared in the next game too. 47% CSW in that next game. He allowed 12 earned runs in those two games. 5 earned runs in the first one, 7 in the second. Still, that is interesting. That could mean Kyle Gibson is a different pitcher than we saw in 2022 When for the full year of 2023. Does that mean Kyle Gibson is now a good pitcher? I don't know that's left to be seen but the left field wall should help him. Hopefully the Orioles offense isn't terrible and it gets better once again. It's interesting. I think deeper leagues you kind of have a sleeper here in Kyle Gibson especially with a slider sticking. The fastball's still not good. Um that, that that's still a problem, but with a good really excellent slider you might see that strikeout rate go from 20% to 23-24% overnight. It's some intrigue, and of course, as I mentioned, the circumstance kind of does benefit him because it is a weaker schedule than usual for the Orioles. I mean, still the Yankees, but the Red Sox aren't as fearful. The Jays are good. What are the Rays? I don't know. Not so bad for Kyle Gibson in this situation, and I'm very interested to see what happens with that slider. That's all I got. I slowed it all down because I combined intrigued and interested into one, and I stumbled on that word. But okay, that is going to do it for the Baltimore Orioles. Thank you so much for following the Plus Pitch Podcast. Get excited for the full month ahead of all 30 starting pitching rotations. There will not be a free agent podcast at the end. Or if there is, there's going to be very limited guys to talk about. Pretty much all of them are signed right now that matter. Uh, There isn't really, I can't even think of one off the top of my head that's like, oh man, I can't wait for that guy to sign. So I uh, enjoy these podcasts. Thanks so much for rating and reviewing them. That's gonna do for today. So my name is Nick Pollock. and me your Baptist Below and your strikeouts high.